Hello, everyone. It's Jilly. Welcome back to the INFJ Growth Podcast. I apologize. My voice is probably going to be froggy and my nose is definitely stuffy. Allergies are a thing right now, so please bear with me and thank you for your patience. So last episode, we talked about the reasons why that INFJs can feel overstimulated and exhausted and burned out by things in our external environment. And that is because it forces us to use our extroverted sensing function, which is our weakest function that takes the most energy to use. And we talked about some self-care strategies and things that you can do to protect yourself from having those effects happen. Now I kind of want to go in the opposite direction, but still be talking about extroverted sensing. And today I want to talk about what's called grip stress, and it can happen to any type. So for INFJs, it happens when we are forced to use our extroverted sensing inferior function for long periods of time. And it usually happens during times where there's a lot of unexpected things happening, during times where there's a lot of stressful things happening. Often we're juggling a lot of different areas of our life all at the same time, and we don't have time to unplug, to recharge, to connect with our intuition, to rest. And what can happen is we are swung into this state of almost extreme extroversion, and we are just kind of jumping from task to task. We're reactive, we are stressed, we feel very emotional, we feel adrift, we feel like we're just jumping from fire to fire, putting things out. We're trying to just juggle all these things at the same time. And most of us are able to do that, but not forever. <laughs> and when we are forced to do that for long periods of time, we can be taken over by this grip that is something that turns us into not ourselves. And we are so disconnected and detached from our dominant intuition that we become someone that we don't even recognize. And often the people around us don't recognize us either. So this can happen, like I said, during times of stressful periods. There are other times it can happen too one of them is after a long period of time, if you've been kind of extremely introverting, if you've been stuck in like a, a logical analysis loop, or if you've been stuck in overanalyzing feelings or perfectionism or holding yourself back, just not taking action for whatever reason, sometimes our bodies and our brains will try to jolt us out of that enforced inaction that we've put ourselves in. And I've definitely had this happen to me during, especially during the pandemic, because we were kind of forced into solitude. So definitely during 2020, I had a months long period of being in an ITI loop without realizing it. And you kind of feel like you're just paralyzed and just stuck inside your own thoughts. And the worst part is that you you're aware of it and you're aware that your overthinking is keeping you stuck and you're aware that you are creating all of this misery for yourself. But it, it's so paralyzing that you literally can't do anything about it. And it's so frustrating 
Like you literally feel immobilized and stuck. So again, like our our brains and bodies, when we're stuck in that extreme introversion for too long, it will send a jolt to our system to force us into action. And this is when SE grip can be triggered. So if you've had a period of time where you maybe have experienced depression or enforced isolation during the pandemic, or if you had major life change, like a loss of a job, or something that has forced you to be disconnected from people, disconnected from that extroverted feeling, and you're lost inside yourself. A lot of times when our brains trigger this SE grip, it's like we wildly swing in the other direction. So what that can look like sometimes is being really mad at yourself for not doing anything for so long. And then you're action, action, action. I need to get out of this funk that I'm in. And then you just start engaging with the world around you and with your environment, but in a totally unbalanced, out of control way. So this might look like cleaning your whole house in a whirlwind. It might look like getting a lot of work done all of a sudden because you're mad that you've been holding yourself back. It can look like engaging in impulsive or risky behaviors or activity when you normally wouldn't do that. It can look like trying to control things in your environment. It can look like being very reactive and feeling very emotionally triggered easily by unexpected things in the world around you. And you just, you feel like you're like going so fast and you're so out of control and you just can't stop. And it's scary because even though the the NITI loop feels so immobilizing and paralyzing, sometimes taking action initially will feel better, but running a thousand miles an hour feeling completely out of control obviously isn't really all that better. (laughs) And it's just crazy how we can feel so out of control, but in completely different ways. Feeling out of control, being stuck in your own thoughts feels different than feeling out of control, just running and putting out fires and being productive and getting things done a million miles an hour. But either way, We are so not ourselves. We are so disconnected from ourselves and we are so out of control of ourselves. And this is a very unnerving experience for us because normally we are very well in control of ourselves. Normally we are calm, cool, and collected. Normally we can handle things when they come up. Normally we can think through things and decisions without overanalyzing or going the opposite way and just taking impulsive action without thinking about it. And it, it it's so unsettling for us and we don't feel like ourselves. And it it's so frustrating because you know that you're the one who's responsible for causing your own misery, but you just don't know what to do about it or why it's even happening. And sometimes this can happen after a period of extreme avoidance. So if for some reason, again, like being forced solitude during the the pandemic, a lot of times we just end up avoiding the world and we don't want to do anything. And then all of a sudden, all these obligations and bills and deadlines and things that are external 
come crashing down around us and it just forces us to get up and move a million miles an hour. And we go and 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 we can destroy our relationships or be very reactive and hostile towards people around us. We can burn bridges. We can break friendships. We can, we're just not ourselves. And we feel so disconnected and so out of control and just so desperate just to know what's happening, let alone what to do about it. So recognizing the times when this happens is part of it. And then there's this other part too that when I look back at times in my life, I can see a lot of times these episodes would be triggered by something stressful or triggered to jolt my system out of being stuck on the couch, not doing anything for long periods of time. But even though we're out of control, sometimes that extreme extroversion, it's almost kind of addicting for lack of a better word, because especially if we are doing a lot of extroverting, you know, completing tasks and we are getting approval from people or we are doing this to please other people, a lot of times that external validation and that feeling of productivity, a lot of times that feels much better than being stuck staring at a wall. So even though we feel out of control, we're going a million miles an hour, we're doing all the things and we're exhausted and we don't feel like ourselves, we know that the alternative is crashing and being exhausted and we don't want to go there. Because at least if you're going a million miles an hour and feeling exhausted and out of control, at least you're doing something. For me, at least, it is so much worse to be stuck, locked inside yourself and feeling so helpless, like there's literally nothing you can do to escape your own self-induced inaction. So being active, doing a lot of things, people-pleasing, just running on this productivity treadmill, like go, 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 check those things off the to-do list, get these things done, make these people happy. It can feel so much better than the alternative. And you're sometimes scared to stop because you don't want to go back there again. You don't want to feel that just soul-sucking emptiness and self-hatred and self-loathing It feels better to be stuck outside of yourself where at least you can move and operate in the world. That feels better than being locked inside your own abyss. And the most frustrating part is, again, like knowing that you are responsible for this, but all you see are these two options being stuck in NITI loop, overanalyzing, perfectionism, living on the sideline of your own life, or being stuck outside yourself, going a million miles an hour, being addicted to overworking and productivity, you don't see any other options. And you don't even know what's happening or why. So learning about these two different states was so helpful for me. And 
there's so many different ways it can show up. And it, it's crazy because even after I, I learned about it, I mean, there's still been periods in the last year where I have gone through these and they, they look a little bit different sometimes. And it's so important to one, like be aware of what's happening and two, like be patient with ourselves. It's so easy to beat ourselves up when we realize that we are stuck in one of these grips or episodes. It's so easy to blame ourselves and be mad that we even got to that place in the in the first place and then be really mad that we didn't realize it for so long. But it this process, it it is about learning the lessons and embodying this new way of being and living. It's not enough to logically know or cognitively understand something. It's not the same as living it and truly embodying it. You have to go through these periods of trial and error, crashing and burning, feeling like a complete failure, you have to go through these periods of not recognizing what's happening to be able to actually learn the lessons and to take those forward with you so you don't repeat it again. So you're, you're not a failure if you go through these periods and you don't realize it right away. It Again, like it's one thing to, to read about it and to, to logically understand it or to think that you understand it, but it's a totally different thing to to go through it and to realize it. And the only way that you can learn that lesson is by living it. So choose to value learning, choose to value growth, and choose to value resilience. Resilience is one of my favorite qualities. And it requires us to go through adversity. You, you're not born resilient. You're not born being able to endure and survive. You have to go through hard things in order to grow. Resilience is earned. So learning to reframe the times that I have struggled and the times that I have caused my own misery, learning to revalue that as a way to to strengthen myself, to actually learn lessons instead of just making the same mistakes over and over and over again and wondering what's wrong with the world or what's wrong with me, learning to pause and really embody the lesson and to to value that experience because that is how you become resilient. The only way that we can become resilient is by going through these difficult times. So what do you value in your life? What are the qualities and the character traits that you value? If it's perfectionism or making people happy all the time or crossing things off your to-do list and being productive, those are so situational and they're not even dependent on you. You can't make everyone happy. You can't define your self-worth and the lessons that you want to learn. You can't define those by being perfect or 
pleasing people all the time. But if you learn to value yourself for for learning, for growth, for resilience, then the hard times that you go through, they're a gift because you can only develop those traits by going through the hard experiences. It's the only way that we can learn and grow. So if you have observed these times in your life, be kind to yourself and you can choose to to do it differently. Just because we're prone to being in one of these two states, being stuck inside ourselves or going a million miles an hour, we can still choose to respond in a different way. One of my my biggest beliefs and pet peeves about MBTI, a lot of people use it to to justify or to explain away personality traits because it's just who we are. It's an INFJ thing. I hate that. MBTI is not a justification tool. It is not a free pass for us to just blame our bad behaviors on this is who I am. I do not believe in that. That is a fixed mindset. I want to have a growth mindset. So I am so grateful for MBTI because it explains, it does explain the reasons why we do a lot of the things we do, but that's not the end of the story. We don't end the sentence with, this is why I do this thing. It starts the story. And now what am I going to do about it? How can I learn to adapt? How can I learn to strengthen my skills? How can I learn to respond to things differently? How can I learn to value resilience and growth? The things that are your natural tendencies, those are not inevitabilities. So it's so important to view MBTI as a growth tool and not a recipe that tells you who you are and you can't do anything about it. So please choose to empower yourself. Take this information of NITI loop and SE grip and notice the times that it shows up in your life. Another way that it can show up is trying to control certain aspects of ourself. So some people will restrict food intake or do a really restrictive diet. Some people might obsess over their health or their appearance. Some people might turn to eating food, drugs, alcohol as a way to to distract themselves from the way that they feel inside, which is empty. So I, I wanted to add that too, because I know that a lot of people do struggle with that. So that's one area that SE grip can also show up for INFJs. And the there's no solution, but after awareness, the, the next step is slowing down gradually. If you go and go and go and you choose to keep going and you burn out and you crash and burn, you're going to go right back into NITA loop again. So you, you can't just stop, like full stop without any ease down, but just slowly start to unwind and decouple from the the mode that you've been existing in. And this is the hardest part. We need to 
be able to engage with the world through the extroverted feeling. And sometimes that means being vulnerable. Sometimes that means asking someone for help. Sometimes that means having to need something from somebody. And that's a very scary place to be. But that's where the growth lies. That's that's where we have to go if we want to be resilient, if we want to be able to learn and grow from our experiences. The, the hardest thing in our lives for most people is learning how to have a healthy relationship with extroverted feeling and being able to be vulnerable and honest and open and not have walls up and allow people in even when they hurt us sometimes, but not allowing them to take advantage of us. That That's our life's mis- mission is to be able to have a healthy relationship with the people around us. So if you have gone through periods of being stuck inside yourself or going a million miles an hour, it's so important that the antidote for NITI loop is human connection to the people around you. And even if you're by yourself, human connection, it's not the same on the internet, but it's better than nothing. So if you don't have a close relationship right now or someone that you can really rely on or open up to, be creative, be resourceful, listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks, connect with a friend online, FaceTime, just reach out. It's so easy for us to isolate and put ourselves into solitude because we don't want to need anybody. But even if it's a friend online, just connect, do something. There's nothing too small. And above all, learn to value this as a growth experience. I believe in you. (laughs) I would love to hear from you guys if you've had experiences with this or what your perspective is on these two different phenomenons and uh, phenomena. (laughs) I'll have to look that up. Anyway, I would love to know what your experiences are with either of these states and what are your tools to be able to get out of it, but in a way that's healthy. Because if we share these experiences with each other and we learn and grow together, that's another awesome way to engage extroverted feeling is by connecting with other INFJs who also want to learn and grow together. And that's what I'm really trying to build here for our community. So thank you for joining me in this mission. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, I am on Instagram at infj.growth. You can also shoot me an email. I am at jilly at infjgrowth.com. And it would mean so much to me if you could rate or review this podcast so that other INFJs can find it or recommend it to other INFJs or people who know INFJs in your life. Because educating people is the first step to understanding and embodying and learning and growing. So thank you for doing that with me. I love you guys so much. It means the world to me that you are here listening with me and I am excited to see you next time. Bye.